All right. From negative to positive on the basketball court, uh, we got to see something really cool the other day in Toronto where the Hawks, Mike, I may say have had their best win of the season. Uh, it was Best just road performance by far. It was best clean. road performance. It was clean. The stars contributed. You yep. got everything. you. I thought Nate did a good job coaching and with the rotations. Uh, but really fun with uh, sideline reporter Lauren Jabara. Got to sit down for a minute with uh, Superfan Nav. And if you don't know his story, he is perhaps the biggest Toronto Raptors fan, maybe not even perhaps, on the planet. And uh, he shared his story with Lauren about uh, his journey with the team. He's been a season ticket holder here in Toronto for 28 years, and you have not missed a single home game. Is that right? Toronto Raptors. I love the Raptors. I love the basketball. I love the ballers. I love NBA. He is known all around the world, all around the country by almost every single player in the league as well. And you were inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame in 2021. What was that like for you? It was the first one and it's amazing because uh, I was the first one. And then in 2019, I got the championship ring, the players ring from the Raptors. I mean, how cool is that, Mike? I, I don't know if we have a Hawks fan that's to the level of super fan nav, but that just leads me to think, like, what what teams or team are you that passionate about, if oh. any? Oh, wow. Uh, as super fan nav to the effect of never missing a home game in 28 years? I don't know. I mean, it, when I was a kid growing up, I was a huge, huge fan, and still am. But as a kid, just an enormous fan of the Philadelphia Flyers. And I still am. I, I love them. Um, but, wow. I mean, to never miss a home game. I, I I think even as a kid, I couldn't say that. We had season tickets. Went to a lot of home games. But but I don't think I had perfect attendance. Um, I, I You know, I, I think the one... The one, and you can probably relate to this too. And I think a, a lot of our listeners can probably relate to this. I, the one team that I still get really emotional over is uh, Penn State uh, yeah. because I went to school there. I mean, that, that's a huge, huge part of my life. Huge part of my life. Uh, huge part of my family's life, too. I, I'm a fourth-generation Penn State graduate. My father went there and my mother. Huh. Uh, three of my grandparents went to Penn State. I think two of my great-grandparents went to, at least one of my great-grandparents went to Penn State. So it's been a huge part of my life from birth. And there, I actually you know, kind of feel like I was a part of it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't just a, a customer paying to buy a ticket. I, I was a student at Penn State. Penn State changed my life. I, I'm a graduate of Penn State. I have a right over there. Uh, I'm not good with the pointing. See that right there? It's, oh, my yeah. Penn State, it's my Penn State degree right there. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's something that I feel like I actually was a part of, not mm -hmm. just, you know, a fan. So I still get very emotional when it comes to Penn State and all. You know, we talked about when I went to the Rose Bowl, I'll fly yep. great distances to support them. <laughs> <laughs> How so, were they when you were a student as a team? Well, so. Uh, well, I, they were terrible, actually. So it's funny. Uh, I think the four years in which I was a student, they had like the worst four-year run in school history. Okay. My, it's, my freshman <laughs> year. Well, here's what's funny. My freshman year, I, they were actually like preseason number one. They won their first nine games. And then uh, 
like we I, I'll never forget the radio station I was working at at the time. We were all set. We were going to go to the Sugar Bowl and probably play Florida State for the national championship. Uh, that was the Mike Vick year at Virginia Tech. So that, that would have been the Peter Warwick against Mike Vick. Okay. Sugar Bowl. And instead of Virginia Tech, it, it would have been Penn State. Uh, all they had to do was beat Minnesota, Michigan, and uh, Michigan State, and they were going to go to the national championship. And I wasn't just a student. I was covering them at the time, hmm. um, it, which was kind of interesting as well. And they lost to Minnesota on the last play of the game. So oh, then cool. we're sitting around, well, all right, there goes the Sugar Bowl. At least we're going to go to the Rose Bowl. Uh, and then the next week, they get up by 10 points to Michigan in the fourth quarter. And Michigan puts this backup quarterback in the game uh, named Tom Brady. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michigan comes back to win. <laughs> And then the next week, LeVar Arrington either got hurt or something, and uh, they lost to Michigan State. Next thing you know, they're in the Alamo Bowl. And th- th- that put them in a tailspin that they never quite recovered from. They were absolutely dreadful the next two years. They were 5-7 and seven my sophomore year. They were 5-6 and six my junior year. My senior year, they were decent. Uh, they went to the Citrus Bowl, but they still, they still had four losses. So... They were not very good when I was in school there. As soon as I graduated, they got good again. Um, but, you know, like when, when I was a kid growing up, you know, we won a couple national championships, won a Rose Bowl, uh, you know, went to the Fiesta Bowl a couple times, won those. So, like, they were really, really good growing up. As soon as I got in school, they were terrible. And you know what the ironic thing was? The uh, the basketball team when I was in school actually made this freak run to the Sweet 16. Huh. So the basketball team actually had more success than the football team. They, uh, my junior year of college, they beat North Carolina in the NCAA tournament, went to the Sweet 16. Um, very, very yeah, – had a really, really good chance of going to the Final Four that year. So it's like I tell people, Penn State, when I was in school, they were a basketball school. <laughs> that is – you know what that is? That's a testament to your fandom, that even though that they were yeah. – not good, even though you went to a historic program while they were in a downslide, that you still remain as big of a fan as you are. Oh, well, because, again, I mean, it's who I am. I mean, Penn State's in my blood. And it, the the kind of odd thing was I mentioned how I was covering the team. I couldn't really be a fan when I was in school. Right. Because I was covering the team uh, for WMAJ Radio in State College, Pennsylvania. So I couldn't really be a fan. It wasn't until I left town. And I could take a step back and, and not cover the team anymore where I could become a fan again. So I actually had to put my fandom on pause for the four years, that well, four plus a semester or two years that I was in college. You know, it's funny, too. You mentioned uh, LeVar Arrington. That is the biggest man I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And out of all the athletes that during my time at WFAN and CBS Radio in New York that would come in to do interviews and stuff. That man is built like a different. He he almost looks like a different species. He is just built like a, like a two humans stacked on top of each other. He's a teddy bear, though. He's yeah. an absolute teddy bear. I mean that that's that's the funny thing about Lavar. He's such a nice guy. I actually remember, um, God, I was doing a, a either a baseball or a softball game uh, on the radio up there, and Lavar had just declared that he was going pro. So I, I think he was still going to class, but he hadn't graduated yet. Uh, and he actually sat next to me in this little broadcast cubby. I think it was the softball field. And, and uh, he did an inning of play-by-play with me, and he was really good. 
Wow. And he was 21 years old, and I was 18 years old. And now I'm surprised Walmart, there was room enough for both of you in the booth. Him in a him in a little yeah, booth like that, I can yeah, imagine. Well, I, I I I was not the size that I am now when I was eighteen. No, uh, he I was, was more. Probably, he was probably bigger then than he is right now. But yeah, Lavar's a big guy, but re- sweet guy, real teddy bear. Love yeah. Lavar. Yeah, you love you love to see that. It's so funny. You see some of these guys when you work in radio stations that come in for interviews that yeah. you know you see them on the field and then you see them in person and you have one or two reactions. You either go, huh, wow, yeah. or you go, huh, not as big as I thought. <laughs> not as big as I thought. <laughs> Dikembe was the huh wow for me. Like, yeah, wow, he really is. Like, that's crazy. Um, yeah, even like Trey Young, who doesn't look that tall, right? Compared to everyone else, like Trey's taller than me. Like, yeah. you don't really understand it until you kind of see him face to face. I remember when I was in college, uh, the Sixers trained up at Penn State one year, they had a training camp. I bumped into Allen Iverson, uh, in the middle of the, the basketball, and I was like, wow, you're actually much taller than you look on TV, right? That I think for basketball players, especially, you know, the the, the backcourt players that we don't perceive to be very tall, uh, that is incredibly eye-opening when you get to meet them face-to-face. Yeah, even just even just about uh, maybe two months ago when I was walking at our studios at Colony Square, I bumped into Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. And I was like, you look like an average NBA player. Uh, not in real life. <laughs> he, nope. st- he stuck – he was – Two heads above everybody else walking in the crowd of people. It's yeah. so funny. Uh, all right. Well, this turned into a fun little uh, walk down memory lane. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the best podcast episodes are the ones that go off script a little bit. So enjoyed that. Uh, for Mike Conti, you can follow him on social media at Mike. What is it? You don't have your username up to. Oh yeah, it? at Mike Conti nine two nine. Mike Conti nine two nine, and I am at C Thomas Radio. And this has been the latest episode of the Off Air Podcast.